Hello, everybody. This is the Chocolate News Podcast, and this week's podcast is sponsored by the Ohio Lottery. Keep a fun Ohio, play responsibly. I'm your co-host, John Alexander-Reese. And I'm your co-host, Andrea Carter. And if you didn't know, the Cincinnati Herald has been around since 1955 and is the leading African-American-owned newspaper in the greater Cincinnati area and northern Kentucky area. So how's it going, Andrea? It's going great, John. I mean, it is fantastic. It is like the second day of spring. Yes, thank so goodness. That, and I mean, it's it's basically my sinuses are not having a happy day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> trust me, I have to make sure that I have my Claritin with me because my my sinuses just started draining heavily and everything. I was like, oh, the pollen, the pollen's coming back. Oh my God. But you see the leaves budding on the trees and in the bushes, the grass is growing. Where I live, the facility manager was complaining about how tall the grass was getting. And I looked at it, I was like, really? It's getting tall? But you know, he's a, <laughs> he's a stickler. He doesn't want the grass to go only so high. So all I have to say, spring is here. The birds will be chirping soon. We'll have you know, that nice, warm, cool weather-esque with rain. So at least we won't have to worry about snow flurries. But again, until after April 1st, it's still March. So yes. we'll have to see what it is. But I'm happy it's spring. So. Yes, me too. Me too. So, Andrea, what is the chocolate news of the week? Well, it, 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 the chocolate news this week is, is, is a very interesting mix of um, sad, good, and I can't believe this is happening. First off, I'm going to start off, I don't think a lot of people think about, um, you know, the Chocolate News. Um, we are a segment of the Cincinnati Herald, which is a Black-owned newspaper, and which is a Black newspaper. We serve the Black constituency of the greater Cincinnati area. And the state of the Black press, the National Newspaper Publishers Association, um, it was National Black Press Week last week. And... Um, the Black press has been undergoing a severe change. They've had to come into the 21st century. A lot of the mom-pop newspapers who've been survived on the way it's been done for hundreds of years can't any longer. They have to change with the times to survive so we can continue to be a spokesperson for the Black community or we'll die. Now, we've lost a number of Black newspapers, media companies already due to COVID and changes in the industry. And I would say going forward within the next five, 10 years, we'll see whether or not we have a strong Black press or not. And that's just meaning adapting to what's new, what's happening, how people are reading their news, getting their news. There are so many websites out there that are segmented on the life of the Black community. For us, we're trying to meet our readers where they are, whether it's in a regular newspaper on our website and our social media platforms and now with chocolate news podcasts and with um our newsletter um you know and and you know as we change digitally we'll be able to meet people more and more where they are in that e-space in the digital virtual world and ben chavis spoke about that um he spoke about how you know we're working hard the black press is working hard to meet the readers and also serve them not just on a local level, but also on a national level, level on their per perspective on various issues that are hitting us in a way that has not been seen since the be before the civil rights movement. So many people are fearful of 
black people being in charge or people of color being in charge, they want to change history. They want to erase it. They want to just say, no, 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 you can't do it. They don't want to talk about diversity. And the black press is being credited for pushing America forward and fighting for democracy, fighting for our rights, fighting for freedom of the press, fighting for freedom of speech, fighting for the right to, to vote. And um, at this event, Ben Chavis spoke about that. Uh, Congressman Ben Thompson, who led the committee on investigating January 6th, spoke about how that the pressure to move the investigation forward did not come from mainstream media, but it came from the black press. How we were concerned, just like everybody else, on how it was affecting us, what that meant. Because we know, the black community knew, if those were black people running on the Capitol, we would have been in jail, under the jail, or shot dead. Oh, yeah. And the fact that, you know, only a few people got injured, but there are a lot of people who are being convicted on what they did on January 6th says a lot. And that was behind the scenes understanding of what was going that that was motivating Ben Thompson to lead that investigation and get the truth out there as best as possible. In the growing digital age, our voices, even though segmented, still need what we can offer. Now, um, I know people don't think of us all the time covering certain news segments, but we're seeing that our, we're meeting our readership on social media. We're meeting our readership on our podcast right now. Yeah. And going from there. So that's the state of the Black press. I would say thank you for your support. Continue to come to us, hear our viewpoint and our opinion. And if there's a subject that we're not covering, please let us know. Our information is on our website. And, um, you know, we, we, we're interested in what you're interested in. And just, you know, speak up, speak out, and let us know so we can serve you as best as possible. So that is my... I would say our my speech for supporting Black press, speaking up for the, the uh, marketing for the Cincinnati Herald. And on top of that, you know, knowing that what's happening in the world is affecting us in many different ways and how even though we're, we have a small part of covering it, we have an important role to play as we move forward in the country. Yep. What do you think, John? Well, yeah, yeah, I, I basically agree with what you're saying, Andrea. You know, sm the Black press is, a, is it's small, but very vital um plays a very vital part in journalism because there aren't many publications you know that really you know speak out for black people in general so that's why black presses will always be an important voice in you know because it's the voice of our community so i will always advocate for the black press like like forever oh yeah i think it's it's interesting that you know, in terms of where we were, um, in black press wise, the state of the black press and, and also the new segments of the media, um, Byron Allen is carving out that space now yeah. for the black press and what he has from the Grio and um, other places and what we see on PBS and other spaces that are all reaching out and showing the diversity in what we experience and everyone can see that. So I think we have an important role to play. And we'll continue to have an important role to play and just figure out how to serve everybody in the community. That being said, sad note, Lance Reddick, who was known for The Wire, but really for his role in the John Wick series, yeah. um, is dead at 60. Um, I'm, I'm 
have not really watched a lot of John Wick, so I don't know what character he played in that. Because um, isn't there a John Wick 4 coming out soon? It is coming out this Friday. So that's why it was even more devastating. I said, wow, he, he John Wick 4 is just coming out. It's um, And he actually has a number of movies that are coming out because, you know, he was a character actor. You know, he played many, you know, he's just one of those actors that say, oh, I know that guy. I said, wow, he's really good. You know, because besides The Wire, he was in Bosch. He was in, uh, I'm trying to remember, he was in Fringe. And um, he was actually, uh, uh, what, what was the what was the movie I was just thinking of? Just Resident thinking Evil? Yes, Resident Evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was really good in Resident Evil. And unfortunately, that got canceled. But, you know, I don't think the movie, I don't think the show was that good, but he was fantastic in it. You know, it seems he's just one of those actors who just, you know, can elevate a show just by him being in it. He Wait just a minute, he was in Oz? Yeah, he, yeah, that's right. He was in Oz, too. Oh, that was fantastic. Yeah, he, he was in so much stuff. You know, he was a character, he was a working actor, character actor. You know, he he brought credibility, you know, to the show. I know it's sad. But you know what? It is. And he was also, for all the peeps who play uh video games and everything, he was in the uh Destiny series too. So oh. so you know, I've never played Destiny before. I'm not that. Well, I mean, I like video games, but I'm more into retro games. But like I said, I heard Destiny's a really popular video game series. So that's where all the video game peeps will know him from. Oh, wow. Well, it's so, so I'm just, I always hate it when someone who has the passion and the talent and passes away suddenly is so sad. It's just so sad. They said it was natural causes. So you just never know what's going to happen. Um, but I was going to say also, like I said, he's a working actor, so he's going to be in a bunch of stuff uh, that hasn't even come out, come out yet. Like there's a remake of White Men Can't Jump. He's in that. There's a um, there's a John Wick spinoff called Ballerina. He's going to be in that. And then on the TV side, too, he's like in a bunch of stuff. Um, he's going to be in the new Percy and the Jacksons and the Olympians uh, TV show that's coming out. So, you know, he's going to be in a lot of stuff that hasn't come out yet. So, you know, even, you know, he's still going to amaze us with his performances, you know, even, you know, in depth. That's a shame. That, that is a shame. But um, I'm so sorry to see him go. But he was he was such a good, a good character actor. And it's hard to find good character actors that... So, you know you know, that, that leave a presence. Um, and you, you just like, Oh yeah, I know him. Oh yeah, I know him. So, um, I'm just sorry to hear him go. Um, another thing, another interesting development, um, in the new space, it's two things and that they're sort of go hand in hand. First off, we've been bombarded with the pending arrest of Donald Trump, or he's going to be pending indicted, um, which he jumped off over the weekend on his truth, his his social media site, where he claimed that he was going to be arrested on Tuesday. Well, Tuesday came and went. He didn't get arrested. But the grand jury is still meeting over his thing with Storm, his, his issue with Stormy Daniels. The DA is investigating that. The grand jury should be, be meeting next week. And um, it's going to be interesting, the outcome of that, plus in Georgia. Um, I know Republicans are like, he should be arrested. He should be, you know, all of this because they're trying to keep their front runner for the White House out there. But at some point, 
the GOP needs to decide what's in their best interest. Is it Donald Trump or is it somebody else? And that somebody else is not as good as Donald is just as worse as Donald Trump. But anyway, yeah. Um, it, but I think also what we need to watch the side item that goes along with the Trump issue in the grand jury is what's going on with Fox News and the Dominion lawsuit as well. There may be a decision coming down with that any day. Um, I know that there's been a request for a summary judgment on most of what has come out on that lawsuit. Fox News wants it all dismissed because they believe they did nothing wrong. Even though there's evidence that they knew they were aware that what they were saying about Dominion was not true. And I think the judge is going to sort of rule half and half where, yes, Fox News did something wrong, but Dominion still has to prove it in court um, on a case-by-case basis whether or not they were affected by what they did wrong. And because no one is disputing what they said was wrong, it was not true, they've admitted it, they corrected it on the air. But what... um, what is interesting with the discussion that has come out regarding this lawsuit, which sort of got started by Donald Trump and everyone just ran with it, is whether or not the case will go to a jury and if they side with Dominion, what the damages are and what the punitive damages will be. And that's the the part um, Dominion has to prove how heavily damaged were they now, what's interesting that came out today is the fact that Rupert Murdoch, they're fighting over whether or not Rupert Murdoch has to appear before the judge. Yeah. And because Fox News is claiming he had nothing to do with it, but Rupert Murdoch in his deposition said, yeah, they they, they lied. He said the anchors lied. They knew what, They knew it wasn't true, but they went ahead and did it anyway. But he said, he put it out, it's all about the money. The higher the ratings they had, the more they could charge for ads. Mm. And it's it's all about the ad rating and everything else. And at the end of the day, Dominion has to prove damages. But the fact that a news entity, have, you know, they're, they're not willing to admit that they did something wrong, even though in a way they have admitted they did something wrong. They're not disputing the truth, but they're not admitting to the truth as well. And so how Fox News is handled will be uniquely interesting how they handle Trump. And that's the reason why I brought up the one along with the other, because our democracy hands in the balance, not just from a political perspective, but from a freedom of news perspective and how that's going to affect us going forward on who covers what and how it's covered. Because if Fox News wins then anyone can damage anybody and not have any consequences. And that's not a precedent you want set. Yeah. Um, so that's the reason why I said I bring up both together. So I, I think going forward, even though we're tired of all of this, I think we have to be vigilant and watch and take a approach of how's this going to affect me down the road? And I think that's where we stand as the Black press watching all of this because you know we're heavily affected by what anyone does for every action there's a reaction and how that reaction is going to play on us 
is going to be interesting. So that's the reason. But well, well, it's a wait and see now about the grand jury, which grand jury is going to come forward first, whether or not Donald Trump will be perpetual or not. I think he wants the show. He wants the chaos because he called for people to come out and protest, which is, again, another interesting thing because he claims he didn't cause January 6th, but he's calling for people to protest. Oh, yeah. But the good side of that is everyone who was involved in January 6th and support him all said, no, 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 we're not going to do that because we don't want to go to jail. So they do recognize consequences for their actions, especially when it comes from anything with Donald Trump. So they're learning. People are learning how to handle that issue. Finally. Um, finally. But I mean, it's it's very slow how they're handling it. So um, I think he thinks, I think Donald Trump believes that people will save him and he can go off and become president again and have his wonderful federal federally funded ATM machine again. And, you know, I think people will recognize that's not going to happen. At the end of the day, either you want a country that's going to move forward and someone who can handle everything, or you want someone who's going to dumb it down and let the dictators of the world take over. Because if you, did you see the story about Moscow and China meeting for two days? I did not. I did not see that. They met for two days and they have mm -hmm. an open, they have an agreement that mm -hmm. they're going to move forward on some things together. Interesting. And, you know, Chinese are out for Chinese. Yeah. And Moscow's out for Moscow, but they don't want the West to win. Yeah. So that, that is an interesting dynamic that you have to be careful about. Because remember, at the end of the day, China holds most of our debt. And one of these days, yeah. they may call it due. Yeah. So we need to be careful on how we handle and watch that relationship and what that means. So there's that. And then um, the final, most exciting thing that's happening, because I know I'll be watching, the Sweet 16 takes off tomorrow. Yep, sure does. And March Madness is in its final few days. And there have been some surprises. I knew my bracket was my bracket was ruined after the first few games. I was like, darn. I, I know a lot of people's brackets are messed up. Well, I was lucky because the first round, I guessed so, somewhat right. My bracket really didn't get broken until the second and third round. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, no. But... <laughs> I just said the second round broke, really broke my bracket. And I, the sweet 16 that I thought we were going to have is not, not what I expected. And I know we had an earlier discussion about this. And, um, you know, it's interesting that the majority of those who are in the sweet 16 have never won an NCAA tournament, which I think is wonderful. It's definitely interesting. It's interesting that with the changes behind the scenes with the ACC and the NIT and, you know, who's playing what and doing what and the Pac-12, how those big names that were known for NCAA are out. Duke, Marquette, Purdue, um, Arizona, they're, 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 they're not there, but I mean, 
UCLA is still in it, but you know, Gonzaga is in it. Um, Xavier is in it, which is a surprise. Go Musketeers. And, 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 and I mean, really truly, the Musketeers out of the whole region that got into the tournament, they're the only ones that are surviving. Hopefully they'll survive tomorrow. That would be um, nice. It, it, it's going to be interesting when they play that game because I think they're playing, are they, they're playing um, Texas uh, Longhorns. See, it's Texas. Yeah, I know, but you know what? I got faith. Well, I mean, really true. Texas, the state of Texas had a number of schools in the first round and the second round of the bracket. And Texas is a sports powerhouse state for a reason. They live in, well, Ohio, well, Cincinnati does too, but they live and breathe sports to a level that I have never witnessed before. I mean, when I lived there in Texas for a year, I was like, oh my God. You know, it is, I remember um, I had an editor who was talking, telling me a, a football story and he was covering his football game and it was sleeting and raining. I was like, well, did you get inside? He was like, it was football. It had to be covered. I said, yeah, but there was ice on the steps. It was football. It had to be covered. And I was like, okay, it has to be covered. All right. So that just, that level of, oh, of football, but of sports, even basketball is to that level of, oh my God, it's basketball. So, you know, Texas is, they grow them passionate for the game in Texas. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, it um, should definitely be exciting though. Uh yes, it should be exciting. They're playing Xavier is playing tomorrow night on CBS at 9:45 p.m. So it's going to be a late game. So tomorrow night. So for those of you watching Xavier, it's going to be 9:45 on CBS. That being said, it's going to be interesting if they make it to the next round yeah because i don't think they've made it to i know i can't remember the last time they've made it to if they win they'll be in the elite eight and i can't remember the last time they've been to elite eight it's been a while it's been a while but i mean the fact that the last time they were in the ncaa tournament was with coach miller before right and they haven't made it since and then now coach miller is back they're back in the ncaa which is very interesting but anyway but I think also there's some other interesting games to watch in the Sweet 16 makeup. Um, Alabama's in. They're playing San Diego uh, tomorrow. Oh, and yeah. Princeton is in. Yeah. Which is amazing to me. No, right? Princeton's in playing Crichton, which is also another interesting, because, you know, normally Crichton's good for two, three rounds, and then you know, and Princeton's good for one or two rounds. This is amazing that they both made it to the Sweet 16. You know, um, I would just say Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic is in. Playing Tennessee. Oh, my God. I know. You know it's, it's interesting. It really is. It's very interesting. Um, Houston is in. They're playing Miami, which that's interesting. Miami is always good for a good game. Gonzaga. Oh, yes. Gonzaga. They are playing for the in the West region. They're playing against UCLA. Now that's going to be interesting because Gonzaga is good. They usually make it to Sweet Sixteen. They usually make it to the Sweet Eight. Right. So does UCLA. 
So it's going to be interesting. The, that that battle in particular is going to be very, very good. Um, Arkansas versus Connecticut eh, is up in the air. Yeah. So so there, there's some interesting games that'll, yeah. that are going to happen tomorrow and Friday. So um, I'm just going to play it by ear and, you know, just in, get my popcorn and get my little drink and be like, okay, Musketeers, go forward. Yeah, so we'll see. But uh, but let's not forget, uh, UC is is playing in the NIT. So and they are playing actually tonight. So so let's go for UC though. They might um, they well, could they, they could win. You know, they they could win the NIT, which is yeah. also an accomplishment as yeah, well, which is still respectable. It is. I mean, I'm surprised that. Um, I'm sorry that NKU did not make it past the first round. Yeah. Um, but you know what? That just means that they they have an effort. Excuse me to make it next next year, and going forward. So their game has been stepped up. Right. And I'm looking forward to um, see what they can do next year for the season. And then Kentucky got out. Yeah, got uh, that was a shocker, wasn't it? They're always good to at least go down to the Sweet Four. I yeah, mean, no. I'm like, yeah. man. Oh, no. That was interesting. Oh, I was like, oh, that that's that's not good. But <laughs> you know, but but everyone who is a name or has that legacy of what they can do on the court, I think they've all been going through a transition season or two. And they need to find that footing again and make it. And I think they will. I'm just sorry to see that they're not in it this year, but you know what? That's something to look forward to next year. But yep, exactly. so that is the March Madness and that is the chocolate news for today. All right. Thank you, Andrea. And that's it for today's show. And I want to thank Andrea again for delivering all the uh, chocolate news. Always appreciate it. Thank you. And, and you know, and, and whether or not we will be keeping everything up to date, look for our newsletter. Um, if you don't receive it, check out our website and sign up for it. And um, if we don't connect you through the podcast, we'll connect you through the newsletter. So keep on, just keep joining us and listening. And once again, this week's podcast is sponsored by the Ohio Lottery. Keep it fun, Ohio. Play responsibly. And you can find more information about today's topics and past podcast episodes at www.thesincehero.com, the Sesh newsletter, or on our social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. Our podcast is on Apple, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Amazon, YouTube, and Google Podcasts. In addition, the Sensei Hero is now looking for news distribution and delivery agents. So please contact our publisher, Walter White, at 513-680-7076 for more information. I'm John Alexander-Reese. And I'm Andrea Carter. And have a good day.